By the way, I'm surprised you let her share the cafeteria with you. Oh, I didn't want to. But once she guaranteed the presence of a certain someone, I couldn't say no. <laughs> I wouldn't get your hopes up for Sophie B. Oh, it's me. Hmm? Shall we dance? Whoop. Greendale. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And here are your morning announcements. Today we're talking about Community Season 4, Episode 8, Herstory of Dance. And and that's all well and good, but you know what I want to know more of the history of? Outsourcing Mike's bits. Just just getting right into it this time, I, huh? You know, I try I try to give a little bit of a segue, and sometimes it's like, I don't know. Some sometimes they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna segue. Yeah. All right, let's uh the the first thing we always do here in outsourcing bits uh, outsourcing Mike's bits land is to get that good good shuffle. And again, we are now using the Would You Rather Pod deck, which has given us some different content rather than it's not good, it's not bad, it's just content. Is it, is it weird to say that I miss the what the heck deck a little bit? <laughs> Based on how we how much we crapped on it, yes, a little bit. At least the what the heck deck, I could be like, what the what? Why are you asking? Why are you asking me if I've ever licked a battery? This right. is just, this is just like. Would you can rather I, can lick I, a battery or not lick a battery? Can I guess what today's card is going to be? I I'm going to say. I would love for you to, but uh, should I get the shuffle first, or do you want to guess? Give me now? that shuffle. Okay, here we go. All right. I'm going to guess that the card that you pull says, would you rather uh, drive a school bus full of chickens or uh, drive a submarine okay. full of potatoes? You know, you're very <laughs> close. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I, actually, I'm lying. You are not even anywhere close. Okay, okay. But I wanted to give you that moment where you're like, "Yeah, I, I did feel good. I did feel good for a moment, only to have it dashed uh, horribly." Yeah. So that's 2022 in a nutshell. Hit me. <laughs> hey, oh, um, would you rather, Ben, be able to erase people's memory or predict their future? Um. So, point of order. Uh, All right. I I imagine that when it says predict their future, it means to do so accurately because I can already predict anyone's future. <laughs> yes, I, I, that is an assumption I am. Making, I predicted yes. you would pull a card and what yeah. that card would say. I did you it. Were, you were correct. I predicted I pulled a card. <laughs> I predicted what the card would say. I predicted that future. I can already do that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people can predict a lot of things. That's why they're fortune tellers and or people that tell you which stocks to buy. My my concern about erasing people's memory is that that is a real creepy sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways you could abuse that in ways that oh, are not, not good and we're not going to get into on this podcast. I mean, they, they kind of dug into it a little bit with the Men in Black series. Uh, yeah, and that was all. I mean, that also had its problems. They exactly. didn't abuse it, but they also like there there's was, problems with that. If I remember correctly, there was a joke about abusing it by like, I think it was Will Smith's character like 
trying to figure out the right quip to leave on and like and he's like get out of here yeah but yeah i'm 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 they, comedic they didn't purposes. they didn't do any sort of nefarious things and you could very easily do some nefarious things so my question then turns to what could you charge more money for? Hey, predicting, gotta predicting, live in that capitalism world. Gotta got you when you're living in capitalism, you gotta capitalism, my dude. Mm-hmm. So, so by by predict the future, I assume that means that the future can you can't just be like you're gonna win a million dollars and then they do. You you have to be like you're gonna spend like. $450 on lottery tickets in your life and you will never win more than 10 bucks from one. Um, like I assume that you can't control it. You just, you got to give them the bad news, right? Right. So can you make more money from predicting futures full of potentially bad news or can you make more money ba- doing an instant eternal sunshine on people right. so that they can, uh, they can forget all of their stuff. And I think the, the point, it's been a while since I've watched Eternal Sunshine. And I think the whole point of that movie was like, you don't want to do, you don't want to Eternal Sunshine yourself or others. Mm-hmm. But I bet a lot of people would pay good money for that. Mm-hmm. They would ethically pay good money dubious? for it and then have regret yes. afterwards. Any more ethically dubious than anything else I've ever done for capitalism? Not necessarily. <laughs> so you, Look, you, I just, I just started a new job today, and I'm very exhausted because last <laughs> night was the Fourth of July. Yeah, and gr- I so, will say, very good, good choice of days. <laughs> Whoever yeah, had that choice, yeah. good job. The, this company had five people, including myself, starting today, and I, I mentioned to Hold HR on, five people. She, she was like, "Oh, how are you doing? You know, are you excited?" And I was like, "Well." I'm and I'm good. But I'm also just like really tired because like you know the fire. And she was like, "Yeah, I was thinking about that today because like we got five people starting today and just like everyone's just gonna be exhausted from from like the long weekend and then all the fireworks and what a day to start." Anyways, here's your badge and I was like, "All I right, ima- cool." I imagine that person didn't didn't make the choice of starting these people on that day. No, no. So. Um, we're, we're going to just absolve them of just trying to do their job in a capitalist hell- hellscape. Uh, so anyways, uh, so yes, my point is, uh, I have feelings about capitalism having started <laughs> a brand new job just today and being exhausted. <laughs> um, when I have had the last two months to not do capitalism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so now I'm just like, I don't know if I can, if I can eternal sunshine people's minds, uh, into oblivion, uh and they'll pay me money for that like is it any worse than the rest of capitalism i don't think so what I, about you mike what would what would your choice be man we <laughs> now that we're, some, we're starting we're starting this episode off on some real positive we notes really cha- we're really following down a path on this one you know i <laughs> i had remember how like just like the other episode i was like People got mad on in the in the reviews for Back to the Futurama because we quote yeah. got political. Um, We're I'm throwing just, I'm just, all of our. I'm just <laughs> leaning into that now. I guess. Um, I kind of yeah. It does seem that way. Um, Ronald regarding- Reagan is spinning in his grave. He's 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 like he's spinning. He's like spin the spinning gipper, and all of his jelly beans are just like going wild 
Yeah, um, guy. <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. Someone somewhere is listening like maybe they won't be political this week. And meanwhile, we're like, hey, yo, fuck Ronald Reagan. Uh, what would you what would you rather do? All right. uh, I, I'm going to erase think- everyone's memory who just listened to that bit. Um <laughs> With, I mean, with my do, newfound power, you, you do have the ability to do that. It's called editing a podcast. <laughs> you, uh, you, could, you could preemptively remove that memory from everyone. Um, I think that you know is I that think, predicting someone's future about what they will listen to. Con- sorry, continue. Uh, please answer your own question. Now. Yeah, I would love to answer the question that so we can get out of this uh, uh, outsourcing Mike's bits that I believe has been a couple, uh, quite a bit of time at this point. Um. I think you're right because you'd want, unfortunately, because we do live in capitalism, you do have to think uh, of both options as uh-huh. capitalist uh, choices. Um, I think I, I know there are a lot. I, I I know there are a lot of fortune tellers that claim to know your future, you Miss Cleo, uh-huh. etc., cetera, uh-huh. etc. Cetera, that basically just take your money and go. Um. And of course, we've talked about the ethics, ethical quandaries of eternal sunshining uh, 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 yourself or others. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, if you do it in an above board way, I don't know how you'll do do either of these in an above board way. But if you do it in an above board way, I think it's, I think arming people with, with what we what the future of what they you know because we we get a lot of inundation of. This is the the stock of the future, or this is this is the wave, and we all thought that we'd be having flying cars. People are making these predictions regardless. Mm-hmm. If you're right about stuff, you'll you. It doesn't even have to be able to predict. Well, I mean, I'm 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 expanding the scope of this, but if you can somehow say you'll make a lot of money off of X stock or whatever, you can also then say, oh, X stock is going to do X and Z. So then you can become a commentator where you're kind of predicting the world's choices, but you're always right. Or you could just turn that into, I made a lot of money in the stock market and now I can just retire and, you know, buy a boat and, a, and an island or something like that. So okay. I think I think predicting the future is, I, feel, I, I just feel like erasing people's memories. And I know that people like to remove bad memories. God, there's a lot of middle school. I just love to go right down the memory hole. But that also kind of made me who I am in a, in a way, because again, that's when I ho- hooked on to Weird Al forever, um, and I wouldn't want to let that part of it go. And you don't, and I'm assuming we don't get like a chisel when we're erasing people's memory. We are given a sledgehammer. Um, so I'm going to go with predicting futures on this one. Okay. Uh, the only thing I'll add is that there was a short-lived ABC series called Flash Forward, where everyone uh, all at once uh, oh, that's in the right. world blacks out and sees six months into their future uh and it uh really drives a lot of people mad so you know if you want to talk about dubious ethical anything sure both both sides have it man so you know you now, can't ethics your way out of this now one. you I can't will, trolley problem this now i will argue there is a show called early edition in which somebody gets the the newspaper <laughs> for tomorrow today and they don't it, it, that's more of a comedy because okay. they're trying okay. to save You're the right. world I, or whatever. I, early so. edition. He he did he did make a lot of good changes. See, early that's what I'm did. thinking. Uh-huh. It'll be kind of like okay. if, if I'm okay. if I see my good friend Ben and I just get a vision of him. I don't know. 
eating a eating a mush a, a, a meatball sub and it the meatball falls on his uh, shirt and I'm like no but your shirt ban I can be like hey maybe get uh instead of the meatball sub you were thinking about because I I could see it in your eyes you're a meatball <laughs> sub man maybe try uh maybe get turkey turkey feels like a good choice for you today boom see I've saved your life already. Yeah, but the problem is you're like, hey, man, don't get that meatball sub. And now I'm like, ah, dip. I'm thinking about meatball subs. Now, yes, that's true. (laughs) Nothing else has changed except for my ability to predict your specific future. And me Um, trying to stop you from that future means mm -hmm. that it that 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 is also ooh is we're talking about predetermination now oh oh we're Uh getting into some stuff let's get out of here and talk about her story of dance let's. Uh, before we do that, uh, I just have one quick thing. Attention, podcast listener. You will have forgotten that you just listened to the entirety of this opening bit. And you will not remember anything about this podcast up until the next line. By the way, I'm surprised we let her share the cafeteria with you. Oh, I didn't want to. But once she guaranteed the presence of a certain someone, I couldn't say no. <laughs> I wouldn't get your hopes up for Sophie B. Oh, it's me. Hmm? Shall we dance? Whoop. Good morning, Greendale. I'm Ben. What's going on? I don't know what's going I heard a thing and now I've I've forgotten everything. And today we're talking about season four, episode eight, Herstory of Dance. And we don't have any time to do Mike's opening bit today. We've got a lot to talk about. Th- that's a community um, episode, right? Oh, I went too far. Uh, it's fine. Okay, um, I guess I'll try. Um, I don't even remember who I am, I think. So I, Wait, do I have Changnesia? Oh no! Okay, uh, I went. I went way too far on this. Uh, All right, this I episode. I can't keep up the Changnesia bit forever. I'm not Kevin. This episode has a couple of plots. Uh, the first one being that the dean is going to throw a sock hop, uh, yep. a Sadie Hawkins sock hop, which does mean we get him in one of my in. Maybe my all-time favorite mm-hmm. Dean costume ever. Classic. Where he is the the like fifties sitcom housewife, painted head to toe in like black and white. Yeah. yeah. Like, question: it's, Did he do the, in in fiction? Did he do that to himself, or does he have like a makeup artist to do that? Well, I know he has an assistant, but the assistant also uh, in the past. Oh, excuse me. In the past has been like, get your own damn phone or whatever. Right. If she's not, if she's not gonna get phones for him or whatever, she's not going to paint him head to toe. Certainly not. Black and white sitcom makeup. So, uh, I do have a lot of questions about that, but what what I'm, what my thought is, is that the Dean is just very good at applying makeup to the back of his head and the back uh, of his neck, like very, very good. Anyways, it rules. It's it's, it's probably so good. it's probably my favorite it's uh, Dean just costume wonderful. of all time. Um, so he's throwing this uh, this sock hop coincidentally on the day that the CDC is going to show up and take all the water fountains, uh, which Abed points out is like um, 
the uh, uh, circus and bread uh, because it's like like Rome because they'd like distract people with uh, bread and circuses Mm -hmm. because he's trying to branch out. Uh, sure. He's trying to make fewer pop culture references because he's trying to grow as a person. Yeah, it's certainly not like America to keep us pacified with pop culture. Uh, no comment. Um, as part of pop culture, apparently, <laughs> we have no comment on that. We get the plot where uh, Shirley and Annie try to set Abed up with dates yep. for this dance um and we also get the plot where Britta tries to throw her own feminist icon dance because Sadie Hawkins oh the one day women get to do anything so right. she tries to throw a Susan B Anthony dance but instead throws a uh, Sophie B Hawkins dance right every time I watch this episode I have to look up who that is which uh, it is it is interesting because they even call it out in the episode where they're like, you literally named your cat Susan B. Anthony. Like, yes, that, that how, how did you how did you screw this one up so bad? And I do feel like that is a little bit far flung even for Britta. Uh, but it does lead into the whole idea of her leaning into being like, no, she I can- didn't screw it up. I I meant to say Sophie B. Hawkins. Right. This is a Sophie B. Hawkins dance. Um, I, I figured you'd love just how hard she's committing to the bit. Oh, I I adore it. I um I I think it's I think it's hilarious because like she's she is refusing to back down from this because you know she could just say yes that's what i meant and then they'll make fun of her like when she says bagels and then she'll throw a a weird susan b anthony dance um which for the record i'm gonna say is probably not gonna be as good of a dance as her sophie b hawkins dance turns out to be it it turns out it actually works out really well uh for for reasons um but but yeah, um, I think a Susan B. Anthony dance would be bizarre and un unattendable. So what do we? What plot? Which plot line do you want to talk about first? Look, I, I'm going to tell you. I don't have a ton of thoughts about this episode. It just kind of w- washed past me, and I'm like, okay, okay, because I have a ton of thoughts about this episode. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. So, so many thoughts. Let's talk about Abed so it's, first. It's, it's me that's going to try to drag us off course, and you're like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. And I have <laughs> editing power, so you'll just be like, yeah, one one thing that I noticed about the Jacksonville... And that's why they score so many touchdowns sometimes. And it'll be like <laughs> 20 sure. minutes of audio mm-hmm. that I have cut out. Yeah. Um, and I'll be like this... That was that was a very astute point, Mike. Now let's get back to the we so wasted we, twelve seconds on that right. anecdote. Let's so, get back to talking about the episode. Now here's an anecdote. Uh, this uh, I know you don't listen to Timeline Scavengers, but they do a really funny thing where when they start going off on a tangent, they basically drop in a sounds like, "Well, looks like they screwed up again." It's it's let's get back to where the conversation picks back up. Tangents, and and then it just like it goes for, fast forwards to the end of the tangent. It's really really funny uh and, and i and, just ripped that bit off unknowingly and guess how many times uh your you, you boy causes that sound to come up on my episodes a lot a lot uh-huh 
So uh, let's talk about Abed first, because uh, I have so many feelings about this Abed plot, um, because it starts out with an earnest attempt by Abed to try to not be so pop culture referency like you know he's he's branching out and he's making history references uh he agrees to be set up on a date for this uh this sadie hawkins dance both shirley and uh annie are just so invested in finding the perfect girl for abed that he ends up doing the he he ends up uh having two dates yes. and rather than be a, uh rather than grow and be an adult he's like but this is my one my once in a lifetime opportunity to do the two dates in one night trope right and i'm like first of all classic abed i love this okay i i love that he is like an opportunity arises excellent because <laughs> first of all Classic trope. Cla- classic. classic. Classic trope. Two dates, one night, same location. Ah, it's perfect. Um, second, and I know I know this isn't gonna click with you, Mr. I've been with my wife since the nineties or whatever. No, um, that's not true. <laughs> you you you've given me a little bit more than than I deserve, but okay, Two, go on. 2000, 2005, I'm going to guess. I think that was right. I think that's right. 2005, yes. Okay, excellent. All right, mister, I've been with my wife since 2005. This is not a thing that you would ever have to deal with, but the act of getting set up on a date with another human being is the worst experience. It is 100% bad. Okay. Because it really shows what your friends think about you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I see what you're saying now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Because I I spent the vast majority of my 20s as a single guy. Okay. And so that is, you know, college. It's the, the time right after college. And... I knew so many people in long-term relationships. I knew a lot of people who were getting married in, you know, their early 20s. And it was just, there's this constant thing of like, oh, you know, Ben's always single and whatever. And I'd occasionally lament that fact. And then people would be like, aha, I happen to meet someone in my English class. Ha 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 ha. I can set Ben up with this woman. And I, I love the fact that you know what their inner monologue was about this. Yes, with the, absolutely. Especially with the ha-ha-ha. Uh-huh, and the finger-wagging that people listening couldn't yes, hear. Then they immediately go, all right, well. So there's one of two possibilities here, right? Either okay. one, they they are already kind of out on this mission to find a, a partner for you. Mm-hmm. And then they invent all these notions about what would make a good partner for you. And then they try to like hone in on that. Or they happen to meet some single person and then backfill all the stuff to be like, and that is why that would be a perfect person for Ben. Mm -hmm. Um, Both ways are bad. 
There's no good the way second, to do this. The, the second one definitively does not work because it's just, I found some single person in my class and now I'm going to try to shove them onto right. the, my friend. AKA the Shirley method. Uh-huh. Or you have that first method where it's like, okay, I feel that I truly know my friend and so I'm going to go find someone that I think is perfect. And then you meet this person and you're like, this is what you think? This this is who you're trying to set me up with? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Because AKA I have the been an- the Annie I have method. been in both situations. The Annie method sucks because you're just like, oh my god, like seriously? You think this is like yeah, okay. I'm like, uh, I'm weird and I'm a nerd and whatever. But you, you think that this person is what I'm interested in because I am not. I would lose my mind trying to date this person. <laughs> the fact that you ever thought this was a good idea just makes me question our entire friendship. <laughs> and then I've been in the Shirley situation where my stepmother was like, I work with this young woman at, at, uh, at the you're place already, where I work. You're already on a bad foundation when a stepmom is coming in. And she is, already bad. she is so nice. And, um, and yeah, cause my stepmom like is, a, you know, church goer and what she's very Shirley esque. Okay. Even so oh boy. <laughs> trying to find a nice young woman. Okay. Let me tell you how messed right. up. Okay. How messed up this was. Uh my my uh the the place where my my stepmom works okay. had this like get to know your coworkers thing. So they had these like honestly it was very like middle school icebreaker assignment because it was like this awful. printout of like here are the things that I like and whatever and then you you paste a picture of yourself in the middle. My stepmom stole that off of the bulletin board. To give to me to be like, I think you two would really get along. No, oh my god! <laughs> so she hands me this paper that's like, "Hi, my my name is whatever her name is, um, Smorthica." <laughs> I was um, gonna go with Bonancy, so <laughs> neither of us know what human names are. <laughs> I'm I'm trying I'm I'm trying to not like. Uh, put anyone on blast other than my stepmother. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, so, I came up with Bonancy. So, uh, hi, my my name is Smorthica, and I like uh, rollerblading or, you know, whatever. Sure. And then this picture of this strange woman I do not know named Smorthica, and I'm like, why, <laughs> why, why am I holding this piece of paper? Why? And my dad just looking at me with this, like, I am so sorry. Like, look on his face. <laughs> Not even a give it a chance. It's more like, I, I, oh, no. I know. Oh, no. He was he was like, look, I love this woman, but also I'm so sorry right now. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what I you're really... telling me is dating kind of sucks. Oh, it's it does. Certainly um, being set up on said date sucks, especially from your stepmother. So I really identify with this Abed <laughs> plot because I had all kinds of friends in college who did the Annie method and sure. my stepmother did the Shirley method, except Shirley didn't 
steal a freaking icebreaker thing off of the the workplace bulletin board what a so. wild thing what a, i mean like i don't get me wrong i have been in the corporate world for a long enough time that's like okay we have an icebreaker at the beginning of the meeting to get to know it everybody a little bit weirder or a little bit better and i'm like i like weird ale um because that's who i am um and i get that but like here here's an assignment paste a thing onto a piece of paper have a picture. Uh-huh. Have a picture. Physical picture. I am assuming this was in a in a world where digital photos were not super easy to come by, like because they're on your phone. I mean, this would have been in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. <sighs> I don't know. Okay. Anyways, but so I I definitely identify with that plot. And so that that feeling of watching Abed, because like Abed goes into this, right, with like he is doing this less for the dates and more for the experience of doing the two dates and one night yes. trope. I would I would so, I would uh, venture to say he is not interested in either woman very much at all. So when you are watching him with like this quirky weirdo who asks him out by like asking into a balloon and then letting it like the air come out i asked if you go to the sadie hawkins dance with me into the balloon could you hear it sure i'd be happy to go with you (laughs) super duper mr cooper she like uh is hula hooping or she's putting this artichoke in a invisible bag in a british accent um and you just kind of watch his reaction of like, I am dead inside. Mm-hmm. I have been that reaction. Yeah. I, I, mean, I have been the I one was... holding a paper with Smartha's face on it, saying that she likes rollerblading and being like, I am dead inside. Well, at least, at least, I don't know if you went on the date with Smorthika. <laughs> I did not. Okay. I have never, I have never spoken to this woman in my life. So because here... why would I have? So here's the name, thing, though. Name one reason no, I know. why I should have ever spoken to this woman in my life. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you liked rollerblading, there would be a reason. Um, but I just. But I, I do not but, like rollerblading, well, Mike. I, well, I don't. You, maybe you could learn to love it. What I'm meaning here, what I, before 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 it was a tell me why I would have gone um, was that you had this feeling and reaction to a piece of paper. Not a sentient f- human being that Abed did. Yeah, but I guarantee you if my stepmom had concocted some scheme where like we we ran into each other and was like, oh, this is this is Smorthica. I, I work with her. Um and like elbowing me like eh, eh, like I would look equally as dead inside. <laughs> Be like oh hi, Fair hi. yep nice nice to meet you. like and what do you do at that point do you like oh I've heard so much about you because why on earth would my stepmother be talking to me about her there is <laughs> the, the the whole problem with this setup well Ben Smorthica did the cutest thing today if if I go for it right if I'm like actually yes I would like to meet this woman 
how do you go into that? Because you're like, you can't be like, yeah. So she stole this paper off of the bulletin board. Well, you and, can't go there. Like, you can't, you can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, that you, that, you can't be like, oh yeah, no, she's been trying for the last nine months to like set me up, set us up, uh, beca- for some reason. Like, yeah, I think you, there's there's no there's no good entryway into this. Yeah, there's no yes to here is a piece of paper with this person's <laughs> interests and a picture of their face. There's no there's no further process there at least with a dance you can be like okay like you know uh surely set us up and you know we can we can kind of get to know each other um even though you haven't seen star wars um which seems like a pretty i mean if if it's just like i'm not into that you know like Oh, I just never have watched them. They've never been a like you can be like, I'm gonna be the person that opens the door for you here. But if they're like, it's the devil's uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know, electric pictures or something. I don't know. I I wanted to call it the, the electric lettuce or something, but it's not that. Um uh, that is it's weird. just nothing. So yeah, I know I, um, that's what, well, that's the devil's lettuce. So I've I've been both of these these uh abeds um in my life. But then in, also in every, in every person there are two abeds. Both of them are dead inside at a weird date. He yes, exactly. Um I should make that into a t-shirt. I and, know. Uh, yes, <laughs> I would wear very much I would so. wear that uh, actually. <laughs> so, but then he so he keeps going into the coat room to change because he's doing this whole thing. He's ch- putting on different jackets and hats and props. Um, and the, uh, coat check girl, Rachel played by none other than the amazing Brie Larson, Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel herself, Captain Marvel herself gets into this because she's like, Oh, you're doing the two dates, one night trope. Like I've, I've, I noticed the moment, like the moment you came in, like, and, and, and can, can I help? Like she wants to help pull off this awesome trope. Right. She, um, she she connects with Abed almost instantly on this level. Uh, to the point where she's dressing up in a trench coat and being like, uh, telegram, uh, which who gets telegrams? <laughs> At how, a community how did, college. What, what was the Shirley? Da- Jessica, I think. How did how did Jessica not be like, wait, what? <laughs> Telegra- right. Telegram or. OK, so here let me let me. OK, I'm just going to I have an idea. To, to explain okay. this in the fiction of the show that is un, wholly unsupported by the fiction of the show. Maybe there is some kind of internal student communication process at Greendale that are called the human being telegram service or something. And, you know, they because we know that there is like inter... There, for for Valentine's Day, the human being dresses up and carries around all the Valentines. Maybe yeah, this but is an offshoot every, of this. Every school I've been to has done something like that. Like, and they it just call mean it we telegrams. have a whole interoffice telegram service with people in trench coats. How um, much? Anyways, about, okay. How much about Greendale makes sense in in the context of a traditional school? Eighty four percent. So. Okay. Um, yeah, my my the dean of my college often dressed up in fifties uh, housewife garb. So I agree. Uh, yes. I understand. So the the dates are uh, Jessica and Cat. Cat uh, is the weird one. So yeah, uh, Rachel's getting really into this scheme, and then um, they have they have like a legitimate moment 
in the coat room where like they bump into each other, they drop stuff, they bend down to get it. There's this romantic moment where he's even like, you know, if this was a movie, this is where you'd kiss me. And he's like, you're right. But we're doing a sitcom trope. So anyways, I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go make a mistake and then make a desperate plea to the one that I'm interested in. I'm thinking I'm going with Jessica because she seems to be the fan favorite. Which um, is just an incredible thing to say to another human being. And then, uh, she very clearly gets, uh, has feelings about that. And then later he, he gets up on stage and makes an embarrassing plea and uh, they decide to go out at the end. And it's I, I, I honestly really love it's very the cute. entirety of Abed's story yeah. because you go from you go from this awful being set up on on dates thing that I've already talked ad nauseum about. <laughs> and uh, then you in, you introduce Rachel, who is great um, and. Like the that instant chemistry with Abed, like, because the thing is, in a lot of sitcoms where they do this sort of like instant chemistry thing, a lot of times it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, actually, no, I really like, like they sell it on this. Like, I'm yeah. really feeling that. Um, um, just because she goes from like, ha- just having a fun time pulling off this this prank with uh, this trope with Abed to being like, oh, my, like. I kind of, I kind of want to date him. Like, yeah, it's, it's so good. I, I, I mean, love everything about that, it. That kind of like fun time into date, like that. That's the usual, the generally the right way to go into that kind of thing. I think rather uh-huh. than being set up by your stepmother or, <laughs> or, or Annie. Um, although I do want to point out there, there's a moment when Annie and Shirley are like having like a discussion at the dance where they're both being smug, like, oh, looks like the best woman won. And they both realize, oh, he's on two dates, isn't he? Abbott seems to be having a good time, which is all that matters. You're right. Looks like he made the right choice. He certainly did. So we agree. The best woman won. She certainly did. He's on two dates, isn't he? He certainly is. Which is a very, very aware moment, and I love it very much. Uh-huh. It's it's so good. Um, and yeah, they also call him out on the fact that like he's pulling off this this trope uh at the expense of two women. Because yes. like they are real people who showed up to this dance. Uh which is kind of a like I mean again, like I don't know when I, 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 again, I have complicated feelings on, on being set up on dates because I'm always like, how much is that? How much is it that the person actually thinks this is a good idea and how much of it do they kind of like feel good about themselves for setting up their perpetually single friend? It's like, maybe they'll finally find somebody kind of thing. Because again, I'm, I'm either like, okay, you just you feel like you are a good person because you tried to get me a date or you actually think that this person who I can't stand for more than five minutes because there there was one where I was just like, I literally cannot be in the room with this person. <laughs> um, good date. Uh Either way, uh, it's it's kind of messed up. Yeah. So, um, 
Anyways, that's the Abed plot. Uh, the Abed plot, which I love uh, unabashedly, wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, uh, do you want to talk? I guess since we're talking about the dance already, let's get into the Britta plot. Yes. Uh, I, I, I want to point out that, you know, initially Britta's like, I'm going to throw this dance because of your oppressive gender norms. And the Dean's like, you think you're going to run a dance? You don't know what goes on those behind the scenes of building a dance. <laughs> it's like not has no problems with the gender norms. Like, like totally makes sense. But you don't know how much work there is, Britta. And I love that moment because it's like the Dean's like, I mean, he's in a, again, a 50s housewife like dr- poodle skirt kind of thing with again painted mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Uh, as if he was in a black and white film just it's so wonderful to me i mean that- he's also he's also in previous years done five dances a year at a community college right. on top of all of his other deanly duties i imagine like, that there was less hijinks back then for the dean to be part of uh and so like you know i i i get that like Okay, Britta, hold up a second. You don't know. I I do five of these things a year. You you can't just right. throw something together last minute. Like the dance is happening like Friday or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. she has no turnaround time for this. Um and uh but she tries anyways. She she leans into it. She leans into that Sophie B. Hawkins thing. And she gets Jeff, she gets a good amount of wisdom from Pierce, surprisingly. She does, uh, because she thinks about, okay, I don't know that I'd call it good wisdom because she's thinking about coming clean and Pierce is just like, no, you got to keep lying until your last breath. I also did not say good wisdom, just some wisdom. Uh, Pierce wisdom. I don't remember what she said. Roll back the tape. And she gets, she gets a good amount of wisdom from Pierce. And she gets she gets a good amount of wisdom. Oh, you definitely said that thing. Or maybe I didn't. It's for um, the listener to decide. So, yes, she gets some <laughs> advice from Pierce, uh, who says basically lie until the day you die, because you don't want to come clean about this lie that won't even impact you until Friday. Right. If... An asteroid hits the Earth tomorrow and we all die. Do you want to go out on top or do you want to go out being the person who lied? I love to fess up to yeah, yeah, who apologized. There is a wild twist of logic in the middle of there of like, what if what if there's an asteroid and you apologize before that asteroid hits? It's like, okay, hold on, (laughs) wait. (laughs) There's it is definitely some Pierce logic. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one thing that's. Almost definitely going to happen of the dance probably having a bad time. There mm-hmm. is a an astronomical chance of something like it's not going to happen except for like 0.001 of this meteor. But yeah, would you want to apologize if you knew that meteor was coming? Now we're talking about the future again of the meteor. If you mm-hmm. knew that there was a meteor there, I wouldn't apologize for anything. I'd say, fuck it. I'm not apologizing for making you believe that because um, I, I've apparently chosen that there's a meteor happening because I can. Anyway, my apologies. <laughs> oh, no, I did it. Meanwhile, Jeff is really on his high horse about rubbing it in Britta's face oh, that yeah. she screwed up like he always is. But he's really like, I don't I don't know what's going on in Jeff's personal life right now, but he's really like 
pushing hard on this. Yeah, it. He's being, might I say it, a jerk. Strong words, but accurate. <laughs> um, so he's he's being he's being a jerk about it. Um, and to because he's like, you know, he sees her putting up the flyers in the hallway, and he's like, "You're really going through this, huh?" Anyways, you do realize that if you call it a Sophie B. Hawkins dance, people are going to expect to see Sophie B. Hawkins. Uh, and Britta's like, yeah, well, you know, that's why I got her. Like, she's going to she's gonna be there. Following that advice, uh, <laughs> hell or high water. Um, yeah, so she, she, to be fair, I will say this. When we actually do get to the dance, there mm-hmm. is infrastructure in place they have chips they have a stage Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they have a microphone they have half of the auditorium or the uh, cafeteria because apparently that's the only venue this 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 building has whatsoever also i want to point out that i have the imdb page uh the internet movie database page up for Mm -hmm. this episode because i had to look up the name of abed's dates Sure. I, I do want to point out, uh, again, thank you, Jeff Bezos, for your hard work on the Internet Movie Database. Uh-huh. The, the one thing that you do tirelessly every night. Um, so on the Internet Movie Database dot com, uh, movies and episodes can be tagged with specific things. Okay. Um, one of the tags for this episode is reference to Sophie B. Hawkins. So out of curiosity, I clicked that tag. Guess how many episodes there are uh, with the tag reference to Sophie B. Hawkins? Okay, you wouldn't bring this to me. You wouldn't bring Ben. You as my my partner on this podcast, you would not bring this to me unless it was kind of funny. So it's either going to be one because it's this, or it's going to be like five hundred. But I think I'm going to go for one this episode. Two. Oh, this episode. Close. And a 2014 episode of Psych called 1967, A Psych Odyssey. Hey, man, Sophie B. Hawkins <laughs> getting a lot of play in that specific. Because I, because so that this was, was 20, 2013. So yeah, yeah. 2013, 2014, suddenly two shows were just like, let's talk a uh, whole lot about Sophie B. Hawkins. I um, mean, that's happening with uh, Kate Bush with Running Up That Hill being in Stranger Things. Apparently, uh, Running Up That Hill went on the Spotify charts again. Yep, uh, and Britta, Britta tried to do that in 2013, and it just, I Britta-ing don't think it happened. Britta-ing up that hill. Um, Britta-ing up that hill. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so she just, she keeps leaning into that lie. She's like, no, we we got her. She ends up putting out a last-minute Craigslist ad for Which either. Which is kind of funny. Looking for Sophie B. Hawkins, or convincing Sophie B. Hawkins impersonator to play community college dance tonight. Very little money. It's weird how in demand she is. Which is a hilarious Craigslist ad. Also, it's just imagine good. being like, like going to Craigslist and being like, I need Weird Al for a dance tonight. <laughs> or or someone who looks like Weird Al. I cannot pay you and I cannot pay you much. Um, and having Weird Al show up because this of is, my This old is for a community college dance. Uh-huh. So, oh, man. What a wild thing to do. But she does it because she is when you are that deep in, you will do a lot of desperate moves. And she does. Um, 
I, I also Le- like the fact that it apparently was posted an hour before the dance. Like, like not <laughs> not when Jeff brought right? it up, but like right? an hour before she's like, oh, crap, crap. I forgot to do, do- the Craigslist ad. How how wild would it be if the Craigslist ad was the thing that worked? I happened to be. <laughs> uh, I am Sophie B. Hawkins, uh, singer of um, the two songs in this episode that I don't remember the names of. Um, oh, please. Uh, oh, no. The Sophie B. Hawkins hive is going to come get us for this one. Uh, they're finding out I am uh, not a true fan. Not a true um, fan. Damn, I wish I was your lover. And um, as I lay me down. Yes. Imagine I, imagine if if uh you've got like I'm Sophie B. Hawkins, singer of Damn, I wish 1993 single Damn I Wish I Was Your Lover, which went to number five on the Hot Bill Billboard Hot 100 singles charts in the US, and also a top 20 hit in the UK peaking at number 14. I happen to be in Greendale, Colorado this weekend just existing like i don't have any tour dates or anything and i'm bored so i'm looking at the craigslist classifieds <laughs> oh this person wants me specifically they can't pay this, very well this but that's person, probably fine this person wants to pay me 50 dollars to show up with my band who is also here for some reason to play some music all right i'm in <laughs> that's, that's my that's my price baby I am in. Um, yeah, that that would have been a, quite a logical leap for community to do. That it it's, it kind of wants you to think that's what it did until Pierce is like, yeah, I, I Hawthorne Wipe sponsored Lilith Fair. Yeah, so so Pierce manages to save the day. Um, a rear, a rear, a rare. <laughs> wow, tell me what you really think about Pierce. Uh, he talks about his butt a lot. Um, a rare Pierce victory where he actually kind of comes out as the hero. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he is actually right. Like he tells Jeff, like maybe you should stop making fun of her so much and be earnest because she's right? just trying like, right. And, and it's like, that's damn, that's actually really good advice. Uh, but we yeah. we bypassed one very very important thing that I want more of. Okay. Because of Britta pulling off this dance, Dean the dean is like, but because of <laughs> dean law, I have to give over my amulet, and no one asks a follow up. No one has well, any. Jeff Jeff does go. Wait, what? And then they just move on. Right. No, they don't stick on that moment. I need to know more about Dean Law. I need to know more about his amulet. I hope in like season six they talk about it because I don't remember there much about the amulet, but I need to know. I I love this joke so much because it is it is just such a non sequitur that he just so matter of factly is just like. Oh, according to Dean Law, now I have to give her the Dean amulet. Right. Like, but but when it's when it's when it's given that Pierce paid for uh Sophie B. Hawkins show up, he says it's safe. So what is the what is the law here? I need to know. Uh, I I I laughed. I laughed so hard at at the Dean amulet. Um it legitimately it is, the Dean is my favorite part of this episode. It is it is such a good joke. And like and we'll get more into it in t- when we get into grades. I do actually really like this episode, but 
it 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 does not have a lot of real like good good jokes. Um, this moment was the one where I was I cackled. I I love it. It's so, so the good. Dean Amulet. Dean. I want to know more about it. I want. I want. I want like deep backstory. I want to buy books about Dean Law and the Dean Amulet. Like I want. I want. I want an MCU around the amulet. How did it get to be around <laughs> Dean Pelton's neck? I want to know more. Uh huh. Like you know. You know how. Uh, after the end of Buffy, they put out like a bunch of Buffy comics. Yeah, I yeah. want, I want Dean comics where yes. he's, he he's like the origin of how he got his Dean amulet and Golly. the what what the Dean amulet does. Like, because he he's real he's really uh, upset when he thinks he has to give up his Dean amulet. Is it just like a status thing, or does it have power? It has to have some kind of power. It may be the Dean amulet is how he was able to make himself look like a 50s sitcom wife. Whoa. Yes, maybe the Dean amulet has powers of changing your appearance. Oh. I mean, if I could I, make myself look like a 50s sitcom wife, I would I want that Dean amulet. That I would I will throw a be. dance. I today is Tuesday. I will throw <laughs> a dance by this Friday with Sophie B. Hawkins. Oh, very specific. As long as she when I pull it off, <laughs> as long as she happens to be in town and bored and perusing Craigslist and her whole band is also with her uh, and she's willing to do it for like 50 bucks. I will do all of this as long as at the end of the night, I get the Dean amulet. I do. Because I'm, I want it. <laughs> I'm just double checking to see if she if if on her her personal uh, or on her Wikipedia page, if it says where she currently lives, because uh, she was born in New York, but there is a, a non-zero possibility she moved to Portland at some point. Um, but I it does not does not say. This is going to be in my search history forever. But where does <laughs> Sophie B. Hawkins live? Um, it's gonna gonna make me uh really look like some sort of stalker um uh, yeah it's <laughs> yeah. uh so according to celebs.filmafeed.com slash wiki slash sophie slash b slash hawkins uh she's born in manhattan and um she hails so she was born in manhattan and she hails from manhattan okay and as as in 2022 her age is 57. Check below for more deets about Sophie B. Hawkins. <laughs> this page will put a light upon the Sophie B. Hawkins bio, wiki, age, birthday. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, food habit, non-vegetarian, according to this website. So I am on her website. Uh, she is going to be playing in Portland on October 18th. Do you want to get tickets? <laughs> uh, I've not been to this venue. It's called The Old Church, but I am in. Let's get let's get some tickets and we'll be like, hey, can you come play this uh, community college dance? Uh, <laughs> we, I, should, I, we need uh, we need to pull this off so we can get the Dean amulet. I want to I want to like just like send a contact at sophiebhawkins.com or whatever and be like, hey, we see that you're playing uh, Portland in October. Would you like to uh, come on this community podcast to promote it? <laughs> 
just see what 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 answer we get. You are in 30 seconds of a community episode. Would you like to come talk about that episode? Um, although seriously, uh, if you are listening, uh, I'm sorry I didn't remember the names of your songs. Please come on this podcast and talk about it. Yep. We, we are, um, it's the next uh, best thing to the Dean Amulet. So, um, Excellent. Uh, also, we do, we do get a little side plot uh where if you Troy are, hold on if we are if you are listening we are very sorry for stalking you for where you currently live uh, it was that- only to see if you'd happen to be perusing <laughs> craigslist in my area by this friday so i can get the dean amulet there's nothing creepy about it okay it's all about the dean amulet i p- promise um <laughs> we we do have a little side plot uh that i don't want to uh, skip over where troy is he wants to do some hijinks with Abed, but Abed, he's like, I'm, I'm trying to do fewer hijinks. Uh, so and Troy's like, well, goes we, can, on an escapade. We, we can, we can plan this dance. That's going to be kooky. And so he keeps trying to make the dance planning kooky. Like he's like, okay, we're out of chips, but I can put on this fake mustache and go over to the Sadie Hawkins dance and then uh, get uh, steal their chips and Britta's just like, or you could go to the storeroom and get chips. And then the payoff to that is uh, he, he sends Abed a picture of him in the storeroom with the mustache getting bags of Let's Potato Chips. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. Yeah, um, it, it it's kind of uh, reminiscent of when Abed was very clearly sunk into the background and had a uh, a whole adventure of his own, but it doesn't it doesn't hit me the same way because it's it's it, you know there's not a real deep story behind it mm-hmm. um oh right and at the end of the brita plot line because jet like you said pierce uh is like hey maybe lay off so jeff texts brita which is weird because she's right there well this she's is very, enjoying this, this is, she's enjoying the show uh-huh. doesn't want to interrupt but her it it is a very clear callback to like season one when jeff would be like i'm sending this text message to the group about how friendship is important or whatever so that was kind of weird they yeah i i think you can read that as jeff is a little uh he's a little too proud to like say it face to face uh because there are definitely some people like that um but this has never been his he's done it before yeah i do i do feel like it would be a little bit more meaningful if he like walked up the, the the 20 steps over to Britta and was like, hey, yeah, you know, you you pulled it off. Uh, you made a real you made a real epic uh, uh, dance. You really Britta it, which was a callback to Britta trying to reclaim the word Britta. Right. Um, do we have anything else going on in this episode? Um. You know, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Because we, we talked about the, the dance. We talked about the Abed plot. Guy get um, those. We talked uh, about Troy in the background. Kevin is back in this one. He's DJing the Sadie Hawkins dance for some reason. Um, he gets a prank thing that's like, you're really bad at this. And he's like, I don't know what if this is the artist or the song. I, I don't think it really adds anything to it. But again, I think, you know, they're just trying real hard to keep Ken Jeong uh, showing up because like, Hey, I am you all know. for him getting checks. 
if if Ken wants to come on this podcast and uh, say that he's Kevin and talk like he forgot how to do everything, uh, first of all, I'm going to be like, see, I have the power to erase memories. I definitely did that. I'm claiming I'm claiming this one as my victory. Sure. Uh, but second, I'm not going to say no to that. Like he can, sure. he can come on to the top podcast and talk about whatever. He and does it, but we, he already we just, has his own community podcast. Why would he come on ours? We just need to make sure that we don't double book when we get Sophie B. Hawkins on the podcast. <laughs> uh, because yes, then that's true. No, that's important. Because we're gonna try to do the classic, oh no, two podcast guests, one podcast yeah. episode trope, the very well known trope. Very but well meanwhile, known. the energy of the two of them is just gonna be like it's their podcast now. They're going to yeah. be riffing on each other. They're going to they're going to be, you know, huge. All sorts of people are going to tune in uh just to listen to this I, this podcast I between love- Ken Jong and uh, Sophie B Hawkins. I can't and then wait we're, for we're going to be like to be stolen by Ken Jong and Sophie B Hawkins. That's going to oh, be yeah. so rad. You know, I still po- listen. It sounds great. <laughs> if your podcast has to end before it's time, the best way for that to happen is that it got stolen out from under you from by Ken Jong and <laughs> Sophie B. Hawkins. There is no better way for your podcast to end. It's I am so saying good. that right now. Um, it's so good. Uh, you know what? Maybe we should just hand it to them preemptively. You could probably do a better job than us. It doesn't. It doesn't work unless they they steal it out from under okay. us. So, they, we have to invite them, and then they have to be like, well. Uh, oh, it's like great, a vampire. We have to invite have them into great, the house, yes, and exactly. then they can take over the house by exactly. taking us over as vampires, and then not us leaving for. Uh, it works for a bit, and then it falls apart. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have any more notes. Um, I I ran out of notes about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, you're like. You literally said before we recorded, you're like, I wonder what we're going to talk about on this one. And I was just like, oh, don't don't worry. I got you, bro. Wink. Um, Oh, one one thing. um, uh, Abed does say at the beginning when they're talking about Sophie B. Hawkins um, and, uh, you know, they they, everyone keeps talking about um, damn, I wish I were your lover. Yeah. uh, damn I wish I was your lover is the name of the song because mm-hmm. um, it does not use the subjunctive tense uh, anyways um, grammar uh, oh, no, yeah no here. no one can see I just kind of gave Ben a thumbs up in the video Mike is not amused at my grammar pedantry so <laughs> uh, anyways they're all talking about damn I wish I was your lover and Abed's like yeah I was I always preferred uh uh, as I lay me down. And then at the end, Rachel's because Sophie B. Hawkins starts singing. Uh, Damn, I wish I was your lover. And she's like, you know, I always preferred as I lay me down. And then Abed just kind of looks over. And he's like, yeah, me too. And like that moment is a good moment. There's a lot of good moments. Yeah. Um, and um, so I guess let's go to the tag, which is them hanging out with Sophie B. Hawkins. And they keep being like, okay, now do one that says like, damn, I wish Abed was Batman. And, right. And, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, which I'm just going to throw out, uh, since it's already called Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, why not go with Damn, I Wish I Was Donald Glover? Because like, hey. you, already got, you already got that built in. Yeah. Like, it works. 
Um, anyways, uh, she does that, and then the dean comes over. He's like, okay, okay, break it up. Leave her alone. It's like, okay, now, if you could just sing uh, the... So if you could just sing Dean, I wish I was your lover, uh, it's for my voicemail. Just use these these new lyrics. And she looks, she's like, Who is Jeff Winger? She's like, just sing the he's like, just sing the damn song. Everybody it's, it's wants very to be good. a weird owl. I'm telling you. Uh damn, I wish I was weird owl. Now that's the one I've written. <laughs> uh that is the end of the episode unless you have anything else that you would like to add nope. before we get into the next segment i am good let's go to the next segment which is grades uh it's been a minute since we've done the podcast i was this close to accidentally hitting the button uh for this <laughs> Uh, which I, it would have worked just as well, I think. Uh, anyways, who who would like to go first? Um. Well, I, I, maybe I'll go first because I don't have much to to say about okay. it. I don't think it it doesn't. Uh, this episode doesn't hit me the same way it does you. Obviously, we have different life experiences. So I've never been set up on a date with. Uh, what was the name of uh, sh- sh- uh, Shem- 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 what was it? Shem- Shemonica? It was like s'more. 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 It doesn't matter. But like getting set know. up on a on a uh, <laughs> on a date. Um, so I, I and I've certainly never been in a in a an, uh, a, an escapade like having two dates at once. Um, so I, I, to me, it just felt like a, a trope that didn't. Like it was trying to be a little, like it, it it didn't go far enough for me to be humorous. I think it was just kind of like, oh, I've seen this before, which is not what you're doing when you want to riff on a trope. Um, um, I, I of course I always love seeing Rachel, aka Breed Larson. I I think Breed Larson's incredible, but you know that's just me. Um, and the Britta thing is fine. I mean, Britta's Britta does get to be shown as like kind of competent, mostly not, but also bailed out by friends, which I think is, is kind of cool. Cause it is nice to have friends to have your back. Even if the advice they give you isn't great. Uh, I say this as somebody that has given a lot of dubious advice in my past. Um, and also I want more of Dean law and his amulet. If you want to, if there is a fanfic <laughs> about Dean, Dean Pelton and his amulet, uh, just point me that way. I don't want it to be slashed, but I'll accept it if it is. Um, and you know, I, it's not bad. I think it's well-made. I think it's thought through. I think, you know, maybe it needed a little bit of punch up for me specifically, but it's, it's fine. It it doesn't, it doesn't hit any of the negatives that we've been seeing in this season of it's trying too hard but this one hits something that doesn't it doesn't seem like it's trying hard enough or it's not it's not going for it um and i think i've discussed that even in some of the previous seasons where it's like yeah we're going you know we're we're going for a single i just don't think i i i think there's another layer here that could be unearthed and be a little funnier um but you know at the same time there are there are funny bits of course dean law and his amulet uh, i i think the the Troy stuff in the background is humorous, if not funny. 
Um, but yeah, it was just a, an episode of TV that I watched and didn't have a whole lot of thoughts about, <laughs> which is, I don't know if that's supposed to be a good thing or a bad thing. So I'll just call it somewhere in the middle and I'll call it a, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't have a bad time, so I'll give it a, I, I, I don't want to get, I'll give it a C plus. I, I was like, okay. should I give it a B minus? But it's, it just nondescript. It, it kind of left my head pretty quickly. So it's, it, I mean, there are some episodes of community that will always be in there. Like, you know, the, the paintball episodes, things like that. So the fact that this just kind of slides in and out very easily, just it, it's, it's C plus for me. Okay. Uh, before I get in my, gr- before I get into my grade, I do want to point out that I just Googled Dean Law fanfic. Oh, boy. And the exact thing that I was worried that was going to happen happened. Uh, it is just a lot of fan fiction about Dean Winchester from oh, sure, yes. Supernatural. Uh, it is 100% what I, what I thought was going to happen. Although, the uh, fifth entry down is Dean Law, PLLC, in Nampa, Idaho. Uh, Dean Law, we handle as- aspects of the succession and estate planning process from pre-planning, document preparation, probate, and trust administration. So you should email them and be like, I need to know more about the Dean amulet. <laughs> and then uh, they will immediately uh, block you. Yes, they uh, will sure. immediately block um, me. However, I am I am looking up how long to drive. That is a six-hour drive. I could get there. I can yeah, get there just and show ask up person, and be yeah. like, just be like, hey, uh, I need to know about Dean Law and I, the Dean I, amulet. I not only do I want to, I need to. It's a need. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, the, so, so I, uh, what's what's your grade, Ben? Uh, so I I really like this episode. Uh, when people badmouth season four, I always think of this episode as an episode. That proves that season four has chops. Um, okay. And clearly that is not a universal thing because you gave it a C plus. Not even a um, universal on this podcast. <laughs> not even on this podcast. But um, I will admit that if you are looking for the joke a minute uh, episodes from seasons past. Sure. Um, this does not have a whole lot of straight up like hilarious jokes mm-hmm. um and uh so you know i'm i'm not saying that you're wrong if you didn't if you didn't uh give this this one high grades because like yeah maybe maybe it's not the sort of thing that you're looking for in a community episode but um i really i really love the abed plot like even just aside from my own personal experience with people trying to set me up, although that definitely colors that somewhat. Um, but uh, even aside from that, the fact that Abed goes in trying to uh, trying to to sort of uh, grow as a person, and he's like, "I'm not going to do any hijinks. I'm not going to." And then he's like, he sees the opportunity to do the two dates in one night trope. Um, he, he does it. And then in the process meets this, uh, amazing woman who is like totally into this shtick. Right. Right. Um, and you know, I, I think that's, I think that's a really good, uh, I don't know if it's the, the point that the episode was trying to make, but 
I think that's a really good, um, a really good, uh, sort of thing about, you know, like don't change yourself, uh, you know, find someone who's, who's into that, those weird things because she is, she's, she is having so much fun doing this, uh, helping Abed pull off this trope. Um, and it's, it's just so enjoyable to watch. It, it warms my cold dead heart. Um, I think that the, uh, the, the Brita plot, uh, it does kind of just end where like the, the moral of the story is be rich because Pierce solves it all by, (laughs) you know, it's true. He's, he's got, he's got money and connections and that'll get you, um, impossibly far in this society. Um, hashtag, what do you mean this podcast turned political? (laughs) Um, uh, but despite the sort of just quick, like Pierce solves it all with money. Um, I mean, he, he does solve it. He, he didn't have to solve it, but he does. And he, he tells Britta or he tells Jeff to, to cool it with yeah. the Britta thing, uh, which I think is a really like, it's nice to see an actual good Pierce moment Yeah, I agree. because previous seasons did really kind of vilify him in ways that. I think the character the, we could have gotten a lot more of this sort of Pierce um, if they hadn't turned him into such a villain, and I think that would have been, um, I think that would have been a very enjoyable thing uh, yeah. to get to watch. Um, and uh, like like a, a Pierce that is clearly misguided, is a little bit outdated, but still cares about his friends, right? Um, and yeah, so you know all of that it. It's maybe not the funniest episode, uh, but it is it is an episode that I really enjoy watching. Um, and like I said, when when people when people are like, oh, season four is irredeemable or whatever, I'm like, oh, but the the Sophie B. Hawkins dance that like I love this episode. I do really think it's good. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like an A minus. I mean, it okay. is it is up there for me. Um you know, it, it doesn't do any like huge pastiches. It doesn't uh, it doesn't do anything, you know, overly creative that, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the earlier season episodes, sure. you know, do certainly no paintball or uh, remedial chaos theory or whatever. Sure. Um, and I th- I think. And just in just my two cents, I feel like part of the problem with uh shooting your wad uh as it were <laughs> i won't word it like that i think part of the problem with um blowing your load no just kidding <laughs> you know what the funny thing is i was like oh he's gonna do this isn't he and he did he did he did do it uh we'll see how much of that stays ah. in uh that's what she said so ah. i think part of the problem with going with such huge swings in episodes in seasons two and three is that you end up with episodes like this that I think I you you can't do this episode in season one because you don't have the characterization there yet but if you did this in season one where the the most wild thing that they had done in season one uh, up up before paintball. So I'm going to put this before paintball. Sure. 
at most you're getting the chicken fingers episode. Sure. Um, and I think that way back in season one, when it's like, oh, the plot is like Jeff is trying to to date one of the teachers and the study group is weird. Like you throw this episode into season one. I think this episode sells way more than it does in season four. I I don't think it's a problem with the episode. I think it's a problem with it exists in a post season three world. Um, and, sure. And I, I might be wrong about that. You know, maybe maybe it needs to be tighter, maybe it needs to have more jokes. But I I think the I think the biggest problem with this episode is has, is nothing about the episode. It's about it's not Sure. It's not season 3. It's not doing what season 3 did. Right. The the thing that struck me while you were you were kind of talking through that and I I don't you gave it a grade. So we're kind of in the post grades. Yes, we're post grades. The, the, the afterglow of post grades. Um it we this shot our wads on the grades. The sure did. <laughs> um the thing that the episode that this reminds me of a little bit is politics of human sexuality at the with the STD fair. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um which is a kind of a smaller story as well, like not you know, going like taking a giant swing and, and I'm trying to figure out for me, cause I, if I remember correctly and I don't, I haven't listened back uh, to this episode of good morning, Greendale and you know, three or four or two or three years, but you I don't feel, listen to every single episode we've done previous to the one we're recording just so I, you can be prepared. I every do single lis- week. I do listen to them. I don't have a three year memory. <laughs> Um, Rude. Okay. Yeah, Continue. But but I believe I rated that one higher than I'm rating this one. And I think that because the, I mean the stories are similar enough that I'm trying like at least trying to remember, you know, what wh- why these two stories don't 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 work the same way to me because they're somewhat similar. One one is kind of building the initial character while one is kind of going off of ex known character traits and i'm just i i'm i i think that's an interesting uh comparison to make but i'm not sure if it's fully there okay i can see where you're going with that because like i i can see what how you could compare that episode to this one um and personally and again you know it's my personal opinion um but i i feel like being able to lean on the sort of established character sure uh and and you know having having an episode where like because like it's meaningful that pierce is the one who tells jeff to cool it it is meaningful that abed after four seasons of him just being interested in wacky zany shenanigans and one hot librarian which you know who isn't interested in hot librarians Uh, of course um but like after you know three seasons of that, it is meaningful that he finds someone through those shenanigans and not because of right, uh, not because he got set up with the kooky girl or the girl from Shirley's church, right? Which unfortunately that is those the that's as as much of a brushstroke we get on either of those two people, right? Um. And so, so I really, I really like that uh, the the writers of this episode um, really 
take a lot of that to consideration when they, when they wrote it. Um, in a way that, like I said, I, I don't think you can do this episode in season one because sure. the characterization is not there. It's just like you can't do the STD awareness fair episode in this season because right. you're like, oh, oh, like they've moved past all of this. Like right. they're, you know, so, uh, so yeah, I, I get, um, I definitely get where you're coming from on that. Um, but I also politely disagree. Fair enough. But and I, and I also looked at uh, Jeff Bezos's again. Thank you, Jeff, for all the hard work you're doing uh, every night on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database. I looked up both of those IMDb ratings for each episode, and they are the exact same. How about that? So that's uh, very interesting to me. So we would like to know what you think about this episode, the other episode that we referenced just now. Um, what is the What is the name of that episode again? Um, Politics of Human Sexuality. Politics of Human Sexuality. We want to know what you think about both those episodes, about uh, getting set up on dates, mm-hmm. about your stepmother stealing uh, icebreaker questions from her place of employment in order to uh, try to set you up on a date with Schmoronica Sh- or whatever I said. Um, it gets better and better as time goes on. I, like I literally line. don't remember what stupid name I made up. Uh, um, would you rather be able to erase somebody's memory or uh, know the predict their future? I mean, we've talked a lot about it, but we want to know what you have to what you would choose. If you could erase someone's memory, would you erase your own memory of this episode? Or we hope if not. you can predict the future, would you have predicted you could skip this one? <laughs> I thought this was a pretty decent episode, but you know that's for the listeners to decide. What would you do with the Dean amulet? I want the to most know more important about question powers. of all. What powers are like? Is it just like change of of appearance, or is there more? Tell get you know if you want to just write some Dean uh, Dean Pelton uh, fanfic around his amulet, where he's he's riding a <laughs> a, a winged steed. Please just send that to us because m- I need some good reading material. I think. Please send your Dean Amulet community fan fiction to contact at goodmorninggreendale.com. I'll make sure that gets to Mike so he can read it and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to get in contact with us for anything else, uh, you can also do that email address or use the contact form on goodmorninggreendale.com. You can find us on Twitter at goodgreendale. Uh, if you would like to try to squeeze that uh, Dean Pelton fan fiction in 280 characters or less, uh 280 characters or fewer um or you want to thread it that's also fine you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash back to futurama and you can find our fan group on facebook league of jeremy's put together by our amazing fan laura uh thank you so much for running that mm-hmm. and um and i believe I think I could be wrong on this, but I think we just uh, broke 100 people in there. Oh, is that what that post was about? I That is my interpretation, yes. I was like, did we just do 100 episodes? Like, I was like, we've done more than that, I how think. How many episodes? Because didn't we do more than 100 of Back to the, Fe- Back to the Futurama? How many episodes did we have we done of this? What is our episode count? How do I load up podcasts? I forgot how podcasts. How to podcasts. 
Yeah, there's a hundred. There are a hundred members of the League of Jeremy's Abin and Mike a podcast fan page. Uh, be the hundred and first. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this. I hope you did not erase it from your memory or warn your past self not to listen to this episode. And um, I hope it was enjoyable. And yeah. you know, and it's, you know, hopefully, it's rough out there. It's it, so I, it is. But I we hope want that this brought you some joy. Exactly, a smile on your face, and you know, we 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 do this for for y'all. So we want you to to put a smile on your face and have a good time. But seriously, about that Dean Law amulet, like <laughs> I would really love some. Um, and and you know what? I might have to write some myself if I don't get any, and I don't think anybody wants that. And until next time, when we we are going to talk about the infamous puppet episode next week. Finally, so I've been tuned. mentioning it for weeks. Stay tuned for that one to see how we feel about the infamous puppet episode. The infamous puppet episode. Until then, I am Ben. And I'm Mike. And I'm Schmoronica. <laughs> Smoresica. I feel like that was. I don't remember her name. Anyways, I mean, we never went you, out. It's you, fine. You just had the piece of paper with her face on it, which I clearly saved and held on to till this day, forever. It's so you, meaningful. I, I want that amulet. <laughs>